Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. So today's episode of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast is extra special because it is a student success story. So you'll hear me interview Emily Huzzy, who is an SLP in Illinois, as she goes through her journey to private practice. Stay tuned. My name is Jenna Castro-Casbon. I am part of a group of private practitioners who have taken client care into our own hands. We are skilled clinicians who pride ourselves on providing high quality care to our clients and their families. We are fighting against productivity requirements, administrative red tape, and unnecessary restrictions. We started our own private practices to take control of our professional and personal lives, of our schedules, of our incomes, of our future. We work hard for our clients, but on our terms. We believe in helping others, but also helping ourselves. We are not interested in competing with each other because we hope we'll all make it. We are successful private practitioners, and these are our stories. So can you please share with us your name, your location, and the name of your private practice? So my name is Emily Huzzy, and I live in Byron, Illinois, which is in Northern Illinois. And the name of my practice is Eats and Speaks. I am so excited to have you, Emily, because you have been one of the students in Start Your Private Practice who has really taken the reins and been a wonderful participant in the group and gone through all of the material and finally have your first client. So I want to hear about what that journey has been like for you. But before we get started talking about any of the course-related stuff, I want to go back and hear about like your early career. So what was grad school like in your early, like your CF right after grad school? What was that like for you? So when I first graduated graduate school, I started in the public schools and I worked for a special education cooperative and serviced um, like a self-contained kind of like third through eighth grade autism program. Mm -hmm. And then also serviced just regular resource kiddos, um, pre-K to second grade, uh, kind of had some third graders in there towards the end. Um, so that's kind of where I was, I was in two different districts and, um, that's kind of how things started there. Um, and then I accepted a different position, which is a little bit closer to home when I was pregnant with my first daughter and, um, worked there for a couple of years. It was just resource, like third through 12th grade kiddos. Um, and then most recently had a job where I was servicing self-contained programs and some resource kiddos from kindergarten to 
post graduation kiddos the you know 22 year olds so nice. yeah so kids yes <laughs> yeah, so the whole gamut the whole gamut yes nice and what were those experiences working in those environments like for you you know like professionally and personally so i mean when i first got started it was a lot of hours <laughs> um especially being in the two different districts. Um, but I, I really enjoyed the, I really enjoy the self-contained classrooms. Um, I like the more, the, the more intimate activities that I get to have with the kids. The, the, I get to feel like I have a better connection with the teachers. Um, but then those resource kids are, are great too. Cause they, um, a lot of them progress pretty quickly when they're little. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, it was a good balance. I say out of all of my different experiences, I feel like my the self-contained classrooms um, were probably my most favorite um, because they're more challenging, I guess. Those kiddos were a little bit more challenging. Well, it sounds like they were more challenging, but also you got to make a deeper connection with them. Yes. Which is also nice. Yeah. Cool. Okay. And so at what point did you start to think about private practice? Was it around the time that your first little girl was born? So I actually had someone who had asked who needed a speech therapist, a speech therapist that they were going to, um, wasn't able, wasn't in practice or I don't know, just wasn't working anymore. And it I considered it and I actually remember downloading your first free or I think I purchased it the first free um like book that you had yeah the ebook yeah. yes <laughs> yeah and then like about three weeks after that I found out I was pregnant with <laughs> my second daughter and then everything just went whoop oh. went away and um, my first daughter at the time was I mean she wasn't even a year old yet and I was pregnant with Quinn. So it just, everything, just the timing, it was just like, well, this is going away for now. And so it's been probably over three years that I first thought about it. Like, Hey, that could be really, that would be cool. Like to just see kiddos whenever I want to see them. And, um, so like timing is everything. Um, and then it kind of has crept back in. Oh, in the last couple years, probably, really it never really went away I guess I should say just knew like this isn't gonna work right now so, yeah um what when you say it crept back in what made it creep back in um I think being then having two really young kids and wanting to be more I guess, um, more present with them and having that flexibility. So like I work in the schools, a lot of people work in the schools so they can have more time with their kids, but I was struggling with the fact that they're still little right now and I don't really have a lot of flexibility and I have to go to work when someone tells me to go to work. Yeah. And, um, so that was that value of mine just like kept coming out. Yeah. I think that you bring up an interesting point, which is I think a lot of people get into the field of speech pathology for the flexibility, mm -hmm. right? But then depending on what, you know, what setting you work in, there may not be as much flexibility as you need there to be, 
right? right? Especially when you have little kids. I know for a long time when I worked in hospitals, there was like no flexibility, right? Mm -hmm. You, the patients had to be seen a certain number of hours and days and, and whatnot. And then depending on how many people were also working there, coverage was tricky or whatever else. So I think that um, having kids is a big motivator for a lot of people to think about how to achieve more flexibility in your life, right? Yeah, it was so, a huge driving point for me, yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. so so take us kind of step-by-step step through um, kind of wherever we left off, I guess, in terms of where you were now ready again to start thinking about private practice. Yeah, so um, I, it was really, last summer probably that I started like thinking uh I want to do a little bit more with this um I have a huge passion in um feeding picky eating wellness nutrition prevention especially for kiddos and I got a certification through epidemic answers and um that just like made my brain explode even more and made me dig a little deeper on some of these kids that I work with. Um, I also partner with a nutraceutical company. So I have kind of like another stream of income that way, just very entrepreneurial based. And that spurred on a lot of it as well. I mean, it all just like all of my worlds just kind of came crashing together. Like I have this passion for nutrition and wellness and prevention and I I can do that with my career and I can help my kids and I can be with my kids. So it was really last summer when I kind of finished up that certification and I started doing some more feeding um, CEUs and I was like thinking to my, and that's when I kind of established my LLC at that point and then I was like okay I have to make this transition somehow um and I knew for me it was going to be like I was either going to be like all in or it was going to be like really slow um and so I knew for me the way that I could be all in was to get certified through early intervention um in my state because I mean where I live, the waiting list is tremendous. It's like over a hundred kids. Um, a wow. hundred kids on an EI wait list. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. like criminal. Yeah, I mean, there's like no provide. There's no providers in our area. So wow. Wow. I kept just chatting with a few other people that I actually work with that do EI part time and then work where I work part time and. Um, they're like, you're not going to have any trouble finding any or getting your caseload filled. So I got my EI certification. I started with my first EI client while I was finishing up this school year. Um, and then I already have two full days of kids this summer. Um, and they all live in the same town that I live in. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. So That's incredible. All, so you went from like one to... So like tons. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. So, um, that's kind of like been, it's, it's all just been, I think I say it's been very quick looking back at the process. It seems like it took a long time to like get the EI stuff figured out and all that. But when, when I look back at it, I'm like, Oh, it's fine. You know? Yeah. Um, so well, yeah. that sounds like a great way to do it though, too, because you essentially, 
have tapped into a system to get easy referrals. Yeah. Yeah. It was super easy. Like I had one, one of the service coordinators emailed me one day and was like, I have 12 kids in your town. Are you interested? How many do you want? (laughs) I'm like, I'll take this many. Um, And then I actually had a couple that one of them I think aged or didn't age out, but didn't need services anymore. Mm -hmm. So then I actually did get another, I am going to get started with a private client this summer as well. And things are just kind of filtering in. I'm to the point where I've kind of shut off any availability for summer. um, And I'm just going to start booking kiddos for early August for a Thursday of work. I'm just planning to work three days a week. That's fantastic. So you essentially have like a wait list. Yeah. I mean, at this point I have kiddos at least through early intervention um, that are waiting for me in August. Nice. Right. Which is fantastic. But you've also managed to get a bunch of them off of this bigger wait list for your area. Right. So I think that that that's really pretty amazing, Emily, that you can start your practice, fill, fill what time you have, keeping that balance for your family with these EI kids, and then also starting to have some of your own, like more, you know, private clients aside from that, building into your practice too that is amazing yeah it's been it's been it's been awesome actually I didn't think it would have happened so easily but um and now I'm just kind of like I said I'm building hopefully having that third day be more private clients if I can if I can fill those spots so yeah which I mean you probably will right the if if EI is is in demand in your area I would imagine that other like other speech therapy services would also be. Yes, they they certainly are. I mean, the, the private practice realm in my area, it's, it's very minimal and we have a very large city near me of 150,000 people. And the only thing that's really readily available are the hospitals and all of them have wait lists. So, um, it's just a matter of finding the right people that are a good fit for what I can offer. And, um, I'm pretty positive I can do that. So. Yeah. yeah. I'm also pretty positive you can do that. That's fantastic. So you've already kind of talked a little bit about where you envision this going over the next few months. What would you like, if we were to touch base, say in a year from now, what would you like things to be like a year after you had started your practice? Um, so I really want to continue growing in the area of feeding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also have, um, I have like this vision for creating some sort of like course or presentation that I can provide to parents or caregivers or daycare providers on, on feeding and just development and, getting back to the dinner table and all that um, in hopes of being able to help support those more like mainstream kids at the dinner table. But then also like, Hey, if this isn't working, if these strategies and these things aren't working, then there's probably something else going on that maybe we need to, to meet about. So um, that's kind of my big thing aside from getting going with, you know, my private clients, I really, cause I, there's a demand for it. I already have something 
booked in July that will be a little bit more, I don't, I don't want to, more simple of a presentation, I would say. Um, but I have like connections in my area and there's demand for that. So um, kind of creating like a course or a presentation that would allow me to just educate people to make them be empowered on how to deal with these things in their own home. So. Well, I like that you're, that sounds like a very strategic idea though, right? So you're thinking about having something to serve more of a general population um, and, and be paid for that, right? This courses and presentations. So that would be another stream of income to add. And then some of those kids would certainly fit criteria for needing services. And so then you could give services. So that would be a tremendous way for you to build word of mouth about yourself too, right? That you, you would become kind of this, you know, go-to feeding person in your area for the general population as well as the population that needed additional services. I think that that is a fabulous idea. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think it are, we just need, we need parents need help with that. I mean, can, there aren't too many people that I meet that are like, Oh my gosh, I can get my kid to eat whatever I put in front of them. I, as a matter of fact, I usually hear the opposite. So yeah. 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 yeah I have, I have one kid. I've got two sons, uh, five and two, the five-year-old will eat. It eats pretty well. Um, the little guy just, he's just not that interested in food. Yeah. I don't know where he kind of came from, but anyway, he just, he's for me, but he's, but he's like, not that interested. He take, take some bites here and there, but it doesn't really motivate him. Yeah. He's, he's fine. He's just little, but anyway, but yeah, I, I think that, yeah, all, all parents that I know of anyway, too, like in my social circles and whatnot, everybody kind of struggles with mealtime. And yeah. just with worrying whether their their child is is you know doing the right things or not, or are there things that they could be doing better, right? So I think that there's a tremendous need for both tiers of your proposed offerings. I think that's great. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm excited. Cool. All right. So um, is there anything else that you want to share with people in terms of things that you've learned? either about this process or about yourself that you think would help them too? So I would say that, it, I kind of talked to, about this on my Instagram the other day, like you, if you have like this itch for something, it, it, there's like this fine line for with being content with what you have, but also like not ignoring those those pushes, those nudges. And if, if you're not like completely fulfilled where you're at and there's something missing, that doesn't mean you have to like go out and in a month or two months or even nine months, like just do something crazy and quit your job and start a private practice that's, or whatever it may be for you. That doesn't mean you have to do it quickly, but just like keep listening to those nudges. Like and as a matter of fact, like be patient with it, because I think if, you know, if I would have tried to start a private practice when I was pregnant and had a 11 month old, I probably would have fallen flat on my face, you know? So it's just, just keep listening to that, those nudges, you know, find resources, find a community, you know, like the course that Jenna has, um, 
because you have to have that. You have to have people around you that support you. And, um, but then like be patient with those things as well, because there are things that will come to you when you are patient that probably wouldn't have if you would just, we're just going like 500 miles per hour. So I love that, right? Listening to the, like listening to yourself and stopping, but also trusting the timing of your life. Right. I think is really important because sometimes we can, um, these nudges in the background, then some, some sort of opportunity comes along that we can either take or not take. And, you know, it, it's sometimes saying yes to those things, those nudges and finally giving in is really kind of the right thing to do. Yeah. And also like not, don't like, if you have an idea, don't discount yourself. Like, don't say like, oh, well, there's no way I'll do that. Just write it down, write it down in a journal or something. I think that's probably been the biggest thing that's helped me is any crazy idea. I have it, I write it down and it's fun to go back and look. But I mean, three years ago, I remember telling a mentor of mine, like, I just have this vision for like my feeding and the nutrition stuff. I just have this vision for it all coming together, like, and being able to see kids and like share the power of nutrition and food and the feeding and like it's literally happening right before my eyes like three years later now like it didn't happen in six months but I just it don't like don't give up on your dreams that sounds so cliche um but I was talking about that the other day with someone too like you know you go to these graduations I just recently went to a couple graduation ceremonies and they're talking to these kids and these there's these wonderful speeches about you know, following your dreams and living your passions and all of that. And it's like, ask yourself, like, is that really what you're doing right now? Not that you can't, not that you have to like have it right now, but like, like 90% of those kids, this sounds really <laughs> pessimistic, but will probably go to jobs that don't completely fulfill them. It's true. It's, you know, if you ask, a room full of 10 people if they are living out their dreams and I would be willing to bet the majority of them will say would say no if they were being really honest so if you have crazy ideas write them down you just never know where they're gonna take you so well and yeah I completely agree with you right being making sure that you not only like you know listen to you use the word nudges which I really liked like listen to your nudges but then also create some sort of a plan yeah. For fulfilling those dreams. And maybe that, you know, that's in a journal or talking to a friend or you do a wonderful job talking on Instagram. <laughs> I love watching your Instagram stories. Like it's, it's wonderful to, to set a plan in motion to get that fulfillment back if it's missing in your life. Right. Right. And I think before I used to kind of feel bad that I wasn't fulfilled where I was at. Cause like here I have this wonderful job. I have wonderful coworkers. You know, I work with some of the best people and wonderful kids. And so you kind of can get stuck in that trap of maybe even feeling guilty that you're not fulfilled because you're in a people helping business, you know, you, that's just what you're doing. But at the end of the day, like you gotta just, it's your life. So you gotta do something about it, you know? Yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I'm just so proud of you for listening to the nudges, going back to your dream when it was a more 
um, I don't know, an easier time for you now that your kids are a little bit older. And then seeing that through to having clients scheduled and starting this, you know, having some contract work with EI. And, you know, I love your vision of having the courses. I think that, you know, um, I'm a big believer in both passive and active additional income streams. And so I'm really excited to hear that that's something else that, because that will be also fulfilling to you. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm just, I'm pumped. I'm excited to see where, where this journey takes you. Cause I feel like you're at like, you know, a, a couple steps toward like the beginning, right? You're like, just like getting to the, the real good stuff here. So the sky's the limit for you. And I can't wait to see where you go. Yeah. I'm excited too. I, I just, a year ago, I really, I had visions for this, but I didn't really think it would happen this quickly. And so I'm like, who knows what could happen? <laughs> who knows what could happen in another year? Yeah. Well, we'll we'll hopefully check in and see where you are in a couple of years or next year. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for being, um, for doing this interview, Emily. I really, really appreciate it. I'm sure all of the listeners enjoyed hearing to hearing about your journey and where you are and also where you're going because that will also hopefully help inspire them if they if they haven't gotten started yet. Now they've heard from somebody who got started at a great time um, for you and is now the ball is in motion and is rolling and uh, great things ahead. Yes, of course. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for doing this interview. Yeah, thank you. All right. Take care. Bye. So I hope that you enjoyed listening to Emily's story and that parts of the story resonated with you. I mean, I think that one of the things that I really liked about it was how she talked about how she had been nudged into private practice by some internal thoughts that she had had. And when she first was kind of feeling those pulls, feeling those nudges, it wasn't quite the right time, but she didn't let go of that thought. And then when it was the right time, she seized the day and is now underway with her private practice in like a pretty big way. And I'm very proud of her for that. So if you are interested in learning how to start your private practice, I put together a private practice roadmap. And the roadmap is extra special because it actually goes through all of the steps that I teach in my premium course, the Start Your Private Practice System. So if you're interested in picking up this roadmap, you can head to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash roadmap and you can print it out. It's a short, short and sweet, but it really goes through all of the steps that you need to know to get started, just like Emily did. So again, that's over at startyourprivatepractice.com backslash roadmap, and uh, I'll see you next episode. Take care. Bye. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.